0: Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase
1: necessary. VGW. Void we Prohibited by Law. See terms and conditions 18. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning. I'm Dennis Worth. This is Funny Like a Clown podcast. And uh, it is February 20th, 2020. This is episode 51, right after the big 50 that we did. Uh, as always, Spy.com podcast is brought to you by G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. With a spicy, sweet, savory taste at game time, there's only one, G Vegas. And, uh, you know, who don't like a good buffalo sauce? But you want to go homemade? anything homemade's better. Go green. Go to www.gvegas.webs.com. Buy yourself a ship right to your door. You don't have to go to the grocery store, you just do it right on your computer. But we are here to discuss comedians, and today I guess we're discussing a uh, comedian with a cult following, Emo Phillips. And to do that, uh, we have another Boston comedian with a cult following. I'm one of his followers, uh, Scott McNeil. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you for being on. Um, Glad to be here. So you're, you're actually on my second return guest on Funny the Clown Podcast. Uh, first time we, we discussed... Um, Stephen, Stephen Wright. Wright, and this time we're discussing Emo Phillips. What made you choose him? Well, I love
0: anything that's clever, any kind of twist on things or a surprise. He's different. Very different, very different. And I think sometimes uh, people don't always give him a try because uh, they don't always like the voice that he uses on stage. Right. But uh, I I think think he's pretty
1: genuine and. uh, Now how long have you followed you 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 followed this guy a long time how long have you followed him for? Well, I
0: think he kind of dates back somewhere around when Stephen Wright started. So I I think uh, mid '80s and anyway something like that mid late
1: '80s. close to 30 years then, right? Yeah. Yeah, Well, kind of off and on, not always study, but yeah. 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 so all the time i mean i know you how many times have you seen him? You've, you've really followed the guy around with those bunch of shows how many times would you say you've well, seen him? well more since i started
0: doing comedy uh i've probably seen him about three four times and, yeah. and if you get to say hello and get pictures and whatnot all right so
1: yeah. i mean you've gone to comic cons too or something right where you got pictures with him or something like that no just when he was performing so i've been to F-Cos? a lot of comic
0: cons but i haven't seen him, seen at him? okay yet.
1: so that's true so I mean, in following him and all of his comedy, all of his humor, all the interaction you've had, do you have a favorite memory with him, or...?
0: Well, my favorite memory was actually at the Boston Comedy Festival, and it was, I believe, November 2016. And uh, it was general seating, which I was grateful for. Got to get there early. Get there early. I think I was first in line. And usually, like at a movie theater, I like to sit dead center and take in the movie. But this time I sat right up front by the microphone, like I could reach out and just touch it. Right. And I brought a camera, and they announced Do um, you mind me telling the uh, don't mind me telling the story. Tell about, about, right? you Why would I withhold anything That's during right. a Funny Like a Clown podcast? So, Let it all out. So uh, I, I brought in my real camera, and they said no flash photography, and I'm a very literal person, so it's like, okay, so regular photography is okay. You'd think. <laughs> so i didn't hold it up because i didn't want to bother everyone behind me so i just kind of put it in front of me and got a few pictures and um i was wearing a a a t-shirt that said boston comedy festival and i had the lane yard with my name on it and partway through he stopped what he was doing and he pointed to me he said are you part of the festival and i said no i applied to be in it to compete but uh, they turned me down this year he said but you're a comedian was like yeah so he said but you're a comedian, but you're not working right now. So he was kind of teasing me right, a bit, right, 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 yeah. pulling my chain, yeah. and then he surprised me and said, um, "Well, if you're comic, why don't you come up here and tell us one of your jokes?" So to me, that's like being a Beale's. And you. a rush went through your head yes. when he said that. My eye, that was <laughs> a few years ago. My eyes are still dilated. Yeah, right. My, well. um, but uh, I, I told the joke, and of course, typical of me, I was there by myself, and my camera sitting on the chair next to me. And I'm like, oh, this is brutal. This is such a bittersweet thing because. Yeah, you want a picture so bad. Want a picture. I mean, someone pick it up, for God's sake. So when he finished, he's very accommodating, posing for pictures and that sort of thing. So uh, he told the audience, he said, I've got a second show tonight, but um, I'll be out back if someone wants a. So there's a huge line of people. And I'm like, well, I want to be last. Sometimes the last person gets the most attention. Right. And there's this young lady there. Um, <clears throat> And uh, I was telling her, I'm like, oh, it was like such a rush to go on stage, and the audience was wonderful. Touching and all one
1: of your heroes, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, uh, and I said, I don't have one dime picture of that moment. And she was like, oh, I think I got some good news for you. He had me use my smartphone, and I videoed it. I'm like, you've got it on video? Ooh. So, um, she to cut through that she said well I'll ask
1: him and I got permission so I have it as YouTube video so they can go on YouTube and check it out you put what Scott McNeil so, and Phillips and exactly bottle. exactly well, let's hope we but, get you some hits from our but, but,
0: podcast listeners the, 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 the icing on that cake for that night was like nice. it couldn't get any better right and while I was waiting for the picture I was talking with this young, young woman and uh, Stephen Wright walked in, my other idol. Oh, because
1: 'cause they're friends, right? Yeah. Well
0: they know of each other, but he wasn't performing, he just happened to be there for something else. Oh. So I was like, I'm begging you, I know him a little <laughs> bit. I said, could you Emo's gonna do a picture of me, so I got a picture of me standing in between them but I'm so like so
1: now all the interaction you've had with Emo Phillips, when he sees you, does he recognize you or? I might look familiar, but he doesn't I don't know you by name? No. Okay. So when he pulled you up there, I know you, you do one-liners are quick, what was the one joke you told when he pulled you up there?
0: I did one that, you know, I went with more of a surefire one that people like. It's, uh, I have a prescription to treat my obsessive compulsive disorder. It's a, of course, it's a
1: one milligram pill, and I take it a thousand times a day. And that's close to what emo does, is kind think so, stuff yeah. like that, right? So that was a good one. Well, let's get into it here. Great. Right? He's known for a confused, childlike delivery in his his comedy, appearing fidgety, nervous, and possibly mentally disturbed at times on stage. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that could summarize him, sure. He's known for a 70s appearance, and sometimes he don't just sit still like most comics do on stage. He walks around and he's been known to get half undressed while he's taking a joke back in the day and stuff. I mean, do you ever get undressed during, during your routine or not that i Only at home when I'm practicing. <laughs> Only when you well, practice.
0: One of his things, too, is he has very deep pockets. I mean, they come down below his knee. Okay. So sometimes part of his thing is to distract the audience and think he's going somewhere with it. While he's telling one joke after another, he might be wearing five shirts. And he'll slowly oh. take off one after another crumple them up and shove them in his pockets. I wonder how many he's got. And he'll get down to one shirt. And like, okay, where's he going? And then he just reverses it. And and years ago, he used to have like a, I forget, what it was a trumpet or a trombone or something. And he'd bring the case on stage, and while he's telling a joke or several jokes, he's slowly assembling it, like he's getting ready to play. play yeah, yeah, and like, all right, what kind of song is he gonna play? And then he just disassembles it, and I puts know, it away. I said,
1: okay. And I do you think it's smart having like a persona? Like I go back to like. Andy Kaufman that played Lodka and Taxi, it was an all time beloved character, but that wasn't the real him. I mean, he wasn't a foreigner in real life, it was a character he did, and we got a guy, I guess, plays in Lana Susco's room sometime, comedy on purpose, uh, his name is, what, Fag He Good does up. a foreigner, so, I mean, is that anything you ever thought about doing, Is having a persona in comedy? or I guess it was my stage presence and,
0: um, you know, the sound of my voice, and, and, and to try to have the right timing and pause and, and Especially if there's a key word, if you can have it last. I think that's what Emo and timing, Steve yeah. will do. So if you have that one word that unlocks the timing. Timing's
1: everything, for sure. Yeah. Man. All right, let's see. He's, uh, he's put out three albums uh, E Equals Mo Over the Second Power, uh, recorded at Caroline's in Manhattan. Uh, won in 1985 the New Music Award for Best Comedy Album. Uh, live at the Hasty Pudding Theater. And in 2000, a self-titled one emo. Have you heard any of his albums, or do you have them? Or I have at least two of them,
0: and I have them per- personally autographed in silver right. on the so, covers of them. And um, interesting, you mentioned the Hasty Pudding one, because I, I went on eBay some time ago, and I got I could only find it on VHS as the video version right, of it. Right,
1: way back then, that's all they had. Yeah. You
0: know? So um, he autographed it to mean he put something like Scott. I'm sure this eventually someday this format will return you know, using a VHS tape. So I asked him, I said, well, how come you don't have it out on DVD? And he said, because I don't own the rights to it I can't find the guy who does. Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm like, it's kind well, of a lot
1: of people do that, I mean, when you put out an album, you can either get more money up front, let them keep the rights, or less money up front, you keep the rights. Now, if it's a big hit, if you keep the rights, you're smart, but if it's not a big hit, you're better off to get the money up well, front. Well, I think it's so, been a hit, but he doesn't know who it is. Yeah, right. So really I think it's like out. around
0: 1986, so whoever involved with the Hasty pudding, I'd
1: like to find them and help. <laughs> Give Emo a call, it. he's looking for you, right? <laughs> okay, um... Now here's one. One of his jokes was actually voted the funniest religious joke of all time. Wow. And, uh That's a great joke. Funny enough, when when they voted at the number one joke of all time, he actually wrote in an article that they didn't give him credit for it being his joke. Oh. He had to that's let him know t- later. Hey, that's my joke, man. Typical <laughs> of comedy, right? But it, it was a pretty long joke, which I mean, I don't know. Do you remember the joke? I or, do. Uh, could, I... You, could you recite it word for word? No, but I I know a very the general... gist of it. Yeah. I, I think, should we tell them a little bit about it? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Should we make them Google it, or should we tell them about well, Tom a little bit? Don't give it all away, but I mean,
0: right? It's basically it's uh, he encounters. It's kind of like a lot of his jokes, kind of dark. But he encounters. I mean, is' getting ready to jump off a bridge and leap to his death, <clears throat> and Emo is trying to intervene, but he does it in a buffoon kind of way, where he misspeaks and uh, kind of insults the guy a bit. And he asked the guy if he's a religious person, and then he asked him if he's a Christian, the guy says yes, he's like, well you're a Christian, or a Jew, and they go through this agonizing, on
1: and on and on, <laughs> of
0: what type of religion, with great specificity, and, um, I guess you have to watch it to see yeah, the ending. they were, they were
1: so close. Uh, that at the end, it was a little bit off, and you got to see the ending. Yes, that, it, but it, it, it's it. worth googling. It wasn't voted the best, you know, religious joke of all time for nothing. I didn't know it was so, voted that though. So, yeah, 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 but I mean, not giving. Can you imagine having a joke voted the best and not giving you credit? I bet. Hey, you're forgetting something here, you know. But. Um, Let's see, uh, he actually did some acting too, now here's one I didn't know because I was a fan of the show, he was actually on Miami Vice back in the day. Oh, no, I didn't know that, did yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know that either until I read it, Yeah, and sure. I was a fan of Miami Vice too, but a lot of the people, they weren't stars back then, so you don't realize at the time watching them, I and this many years later, you go back, he was on that, no way, but you don't recognize him at the time. Well, I think it was early 2000s, he changed
0: his look, because he has like a, a a Beatles mop top that went wrong, the way it's cut, because it's cut in on the, the 70s, right, like yeah. an armature, <clears> almost. And then he, he You'd he, have to Google it, Google he Images. He spiked it for a short yeah, time. Yeah, and no one recognized him, so right, he yeah, went right, back right, to, right. To, to
1: that. That old one. Let's see, he was on the Weird Al show, and he was on British TV's 8 Out of 10 Cats. Do you remember any of those shows, or no? You're not in Britain, so you probably don't remember 8 Out of 10 Cats, right? No, he, I didn't see that. He was one. actually big over in Britain. He was bigger in Britain than he was in America, actually, for a time. Yeah. Um, you know he, who he married? Who did he marry? He married Judy Tenuta. Judy Canuta, another comedian. Okay, and I guess they had a very good, very good voice. Yeah. Yeah. Don't we all? gonna about that? Yeah. Okay. Is that the only way to have one? Yeah, right. Uh, well, I go to Bill Burr's joke there. They told uh, three out of five marriages end in divorce. If they told you uh, three out of five parachutes weren't going to open when you went skydiving. <laughs> you wouldn't do <laughs> you, it. You know the other one. Too, you know why divorces cost yeah. so much? Why? Because they're worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, let's see. He did some voiceover work also, Emo Phillips did. Uh, he did Doctor Cats, he did Professional Therapist, Space Ghost Coast, Coast to Coast, uh, Slacker Cats, and Adventure Time. Do you know him for any of those voiceover work? I no. don't, but we have a mutual friend in common who can do his voice. Rich McCabe? You got it. I was going to mention that because, you know, Emo, he don't have a mainstream following. He has a cult following. Right. And Rich McCabe, he's a comedian out of Shirley Mass, that we both know, he actually bought a wig that looked like Emo and did deadpan oh, really? spot on. He was doing an imitation of Emo Phillips. The problem was, if we did a show with a hundred people, he'd say, does anybody know Emo Phillips? And about two people out of a hundred would say, yeah, me. So you got 98 people who don't know what you're talking about doing the joke and two <laughs> to do. So he had to drop out of that of his routine because his Emo's got more of a cult following than a mainstream following. but. But well, you, you did see it. He was spot on with that. I I've seen it, him do it as a friend, but I didn't know he had the wig. Oh, yeah. He really got that. into it for a while, but where nobody was responding. I mean, if you knew who Emo was, you'd crack up laughing, but unfortunately, not everybody does. But I'm like that with Carl LeBeau. I was a Sam Gennison fan, was his best friend Carl Bove He was a regular outlaw comedy. Uh, to me personally, that's a comedy idol to me, but if I asked anybody else, you know who Carl LeBeau is? i like, who? Yeah, I mean... So he, if you're into him, you get it. If you're not, then you don't. Can so. I share
0: one of my favorite emo jokes? Go ahead. Uh, I, his jokes are usually kind of dark. People don't always like that, but I, it doesn't bother me. Anyways. Everybody
1: gets offended. I don't even try. Somebody's offended by everything. You tell it if you're offended. That's I'm kind the of paraphrasing
0: it. He said, "He said I almost didn't get a second date with my girlfriend because I didn't hold the car door for her." He said, "Instead, I just opted to uh, swim
1: for the surface." Oh, jeez, underwater, huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I thought he was going to pull a Dukes of Hazard or something and go through the window, but... Well, here's one I guess a lot of people remember him for. For feature films that he did, he was in Weird Al Yankovic's UHF. Did you see that?
0: Yes, and I think he called himself...
1: He did a thing with Mr. Butterfingers. Did you see that? I, I never did see the movie, so explain it to the people about his role in UHF. Well, this... this... <clears throat> I think
0: it was from that movie, but it was him interacting with Weird Al. They're good friends, and sometimes they tour together. And um, he was doing a thing like a home improvement, like a Norm Abrams, this old house. And he said, today I want to talk about the safety of using a... a, a um, and Weird Al spoke up and said, table saw? And he's like, okay. <laughs> That's you want. while ago. Yeah, out. sure. Yeah. So he pretends he's firing it up, and they, I don't know how they did it, but <clears throat> he's running a piece of wood through, and he's got safety goggles on. And while he's pushing the wood through, he turns... And he's looking at Weird Al. He's not looking at what he's doing. Yeah. He's talking about safety. Watch your fingers. <laughs> and he, he slices his thumb right oh, off. Gee. And he's like, I don't remember his words, but he's like, oh, the Dickens, you know, I lost my thumb. And He's like, yeah. look at that. And he had a hose with blood oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he pointed it to himself, and someone on his face shows fake blood. And he's like, oh boy, is my face red? Uh, (laughs) So
1: so what? What was the premise of the whole movie UHF? So we. I actually didn't see the whole movie. Oh, You didn't see the whole movie. Oh, just. like his part. I like put his name
0: into Google and saw that scene. scene.
1: All right, a couple other movies he was in was Desperation Boulevard and Meet the Parents. Do you remember any of those or?
0: I didn't see Meet the Parents, I know it was a, a popular movie, I know he...
1: Was that with Steve Martin, right? He didn't Meet the Parents or anything? Well, I think possibly so. Possibly I'm wrong, but I might have seen it. Before. He was also in a
0: movie. I bought the movie <clears throat> Journey to the Center of the Earth to see Emo. Way back and Wow, that's an old movie. I think it was a remake, he might Oh, a remake made. he did. There was almost like seven, early 70s, I remember. Yeah. But I, I watched the whole movie and I never recognized his face or his voice, well, so uh, I still don't know where he is in that movie.
1: All right, let's see. Now, you mentioned that you touched on this a little bit earlier. In uh, 2001, he dropped his persona to appeal to a younger audience, where he used to have the haircut from the 70s and do the awkward, quirky stuff on stage. And he spiked his hair and went with a different look. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, you know, I'm a fan of Andrew Dice Clay's, and when he first came out, he did the rhymes. And then later on, he did them so much, he dropped them because everybody said he didn't do new material. But nowadays, when people go see Andrew Dice Clay, they want to relive their childhood. They want them to do the rhymes because they want to relive. And I think it was the same thing with Emo where the younger generation didn't accept him and he alienated the older audience because they wanted to see that persona. So now he's alienated everybody and in 2005 he returned to it. He actually dropped the new stuff and went back to his old persona and he started selling out bigger shows when he did. So what's your opinion on that? Was that a smart move? A risky move? A I think we all have to experiment. I mean, at
0: least he'll have peace of mind that he tried it, whether right. it worked or not. I think we all experiment as comics as to for what no works manics, for us. Yeah. and, and that's, uh, Someone else uh, in comedy was uh, telling me that one of the, the sad flaws for Emo, because he was, he was a big name, especially in the late 80s and in the 90s, he was really well known. And apparently he moved to Europe or something, and and Judy wasn't his only divorce. He had two or three divorces oh, for him. And I think he lost. You know, it's, it's tough on takes anybody. Takes a lot
1: out of you, absolutely. And,
0: and financially, I guess it was quite devastating. And I. I think he's married now. I don't know who he's married to, him, but he seems to be happy. Hopefully he's happily
1: married. That's Well, the key. sometimes
0: I think we all learn from these big mistakes. As you
1: get older, you learn your life lessons. You know, you can't live in the past, you got to live in the future. First, got to find out what doesn't work before you know what you does. You know what does, right. But, so what was your first exposure to emo? How did you first, uh, somebody's calling us, calling F-M-C-O. Tough to be popular. That's right. See, they already want to get funny on but how did, how did you first, uh, Get exposed to emo phillips where i mean he's got a cult following not mainstream but where did you first see well him?
0: i vaguely remember at, during that time period i was living in southern florida okay. down near the everglades okay so i must have seen him on late night tv i don't know if it was johnny carson if he would have had him on or where he oh, but, so was tv versus oh show. yeah absolutely
1: yeah i remember i first got exposed to him before anybody else knew who he was uh howard stern actually Gave him really good props. Had him on regularly back before he was really big and popular. That was where I first got exposed to him. was on there. He was doing some interviews on there. Uh, Let's see. uh, In 2010, he was part of the Austin, Texas Comedy Festival and uh, 24-7 Comedy. This was after he made his comeback, after bringing his old persona back. So he started to get on to bigger shows once he started doing his old persona again. Um, So where, where was it that you've seen him perform, the few times that you've seen him? The first time I saw him was, um, was a, what's the name of the one up in um,
0: Wilbur? No, this was up in New Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. This uh, was uh, Manchester. On,
1: uh, oh, oh I didn't. Is it did. not
0: the Paradise?
1: I'm I'm not sure. of the, the, the P. Like It's an
0: old theater from like 1920. Yeah, I think
1: David Lee Roth just played there recently. I think I, know, I can't think of the name either, but uh, yeah, it was 2000. So it was up in New Hampshire where you seen him. Yeah. My first time. Yeah. Yes, first time. He,
0: yeah. It was very nice, and he, if anything. He spends too much time with each person after the show. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to complain for myself. Yeah, but right, right. When I think waiting. for his own sake, he kind of exhausts
1: himself. But I hate those people who forget where they come from. Those those aggravate me. I always stop. if I haven't made it big, you know, don't. Even Gabriel Iglesias said, you know, I don't turn into a prick when if you want a picture with me, I'd be honored to take a picture with you. Where? But I think, well, we were down at the Gotham, right? And what, Jerry Seinfeld and Jim Gaffigan were there. And Jim Gaffigan walked in, and you guys seen him, he goes, oh, sorry, busy guys, He just kept walking. Oh, yeah, right? well, last
0: year we were walking with Rob Steen, and I didn't know Jim Gaffigan walked by us in the dark going the other way. Yeah. And Rob Steen was like, hey, Scott, that that's Jim Gaffigan. He's like 125 feet away. And I just impulsively yelled out, Jim, Jim, it's me, Scott. And I waited he turned around, and he's like, hey, great to see you. i I, I got to be someplace I'll Shit. Check up with you later. Or yeah, I
1: seen him inside. Jerry was the coolest oh, cat talked to us Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld was the coolest cat, and he was freaking out. Like, I'm getting recognized. I'm getting ready out of here. I'm getting recognized. Bolted out the door. I'm like, big deal. I'd be flattered I'm getting recognized. What's the problem? But Everybody handles success differently, I, I guess. Uh, now, you mentioned this also that uh, in 2018 he toured with Weird Al. Did you happen to see that one when he was touring Weird Al? Yeah,
0: I went. I, I think that was the year I paid like. It's almost embarrassing. I paid like 300 bucks, because I, I mainly wanted to get a picture with both of them together right. and their autographs, and that's what I paid for was a meet and greet and this sort of thing. And I watched the show, and it was a little bit of emo, but it was mainly Weird Al, and he... He's the headliner, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when they, uh, when it ended, emo went out a side door with some comics that you and I might know to go have coffee. Right. And I got a an autograph from Weird Al, and I'm like, you didn't get your picture, right? Yeah, I'm like, what the heck? I mean, so I actually put in a complaint. I said, I want half of my money. back. I'm not the type. I'm a person of integrity. I'm like, all right, yeah, I well got, you got some, something, right? I got so I want half not of Not what you paid for. And like the, the credit card company got confused. I made many calls on it. I got all my money back. I'm like, I don't want all my money back. So, a weird argument, but.
1: Alright, so at least you got some of your money back and they were honest on that. Where I went to Rhode Island Comic Con, I played to get picture taken with a bunch of people. I didn't get my picture and they didn't give me any of my money back, so screw Rhode Island Comic Con, don't go there. <laughs> but, um, let's see, uh, as of today he's actually on uh, the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour with Weird Al Yankovic, that's the one that we just talked Not about. like a so. nice short title like that. Yeah, there's a remember one right there. Good thing so. they abbreviated it. Absolutely, but uh, well, getting toward the end of the podcast, I mean, you're you're a big fan of his. I'll give you the stage here. What would you want other people to know about him?
0: I think like too, you you really need to check out more than one of his videos and give him a chance because he, like you were saying, I forget your words, but he kind of comes off like a buffoon and foolish. Right. But he's a highly intelligent person. I don't feel you know, like any celebrity. I don't love everything he does, but I love most of what he does. Right. Very clever. Very insightful and I think too he exaggerates how ridiculous people can be and uh, I think sometimes you can learn from comedy by, you know, don't do the stupid things we're talking about, you know, do the opposite. It's a great
1: release, yeah, laughter is the best medicine.
0: But I think he's terrible at promoting himself, you know, like that uh, hasty pudding. He should find out, make a, strike a deal, find out who that person is and release the DVD, but... Just because he's not good at the uh, merchandising or whatever doesn't mean you shouldn't check him out. There's plenty of videos and all that. Once you get dialed into his formula,
1: you'll probably be like me and like, hey, this guy's cool. He's really smart. Well, you know, he's actually some comics do have a cult following, where they could do more, they don't because they enjoy their cult following that understand what they did. Where if they got into a bigger following, it'd be a bunch of people that don't understand what they do as well, not connect. I mean, have you found out? I found. The most fun I ever had in comedy was doing open mics. You're with your friends, you're having fun, you're trying to get better. Then when I started to move up in the business, it became more of a business and less fun. And I I was having less fun doing the bigger shows than I did the open mics. It it turned into work and it was, you know, so. Well, tied in with that too after one of his shows, I was talking with him and I said, I take it as
0: a huge compliment when after a show, someone will tell me that usually it's number one that my humor reminds them of Stephen Wright, and number two, Emo Phillips. And he spoke right up and he put his hands on like this, he said, Don't do it Emo's way, there's no money in it. Whatever yeah, Stephen Wright's no, doing, geez. do it that way. So yeah,
1: Everything's not about money, though. No, no, about no, money. money can't buy happiness, that's true. Alright, we got a few fan questions, you want to go to the fan questions? I am ready, I look forward to this. Alright, let's see. Uh, what well, we discussed it, Robert Ramenko being in that great movie UHF. So, I mean, Weird Al has a big following, if he ever put out a big Big budget movie, I mean, it'd go through the roof, he's got such a big following, sure. but if you're in a movie like that, it's quite the honor to be in. And out. he's a nice guy, too.
0: Very nice, humble to meet him. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Wes Martin's hosting for Emo and sharing a burrito after the show with him. Uh, do you remember Wes Martin's hosting the show that you were at? or? I know him, he's a funny I know guy. Wes, yeah, yeah. That
0: guy drives all over the place and he's really on top you of his of. He, Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, that's cool, I mean, to go out with a local comic and grab a burrito, you know, it shows, you know, he's not just hanging uh, yeah, out with absolutely. big stars or nothing like Hopefully that.
0: Hopefully they are two separate burritos.
1: Alright, uh, I don't get this one, maybe you do. John Schaefer writes in, he's like a male mode. Edna Mode.
0: A male Edna Mode. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Who the, the hell know, is
1: Edna? I have no oh, idea. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Where'd it <laughs> go, John I was, Schaefer? Yeah. I knew what we were talking about, huh? Well, even the punchline to his big religious joke there was, what, at the end it was, uh... Die you heretic. Die you heretic. I mean, I'll, I'll play, I didn't know what the hell heretic meant. I had to Google it before I finally understood the joke. Once I Googled it, it was funny, but I didn't know what it meant. But, and
0: I, I learned things, like you say too, from when he did a joke and he referred to Archimedes. Never heard of him before.
1: Right. So I had to look that up. He's a thinking man's comic, I know. Exactly. Some people, you just uh, regularly do it and regularly don't. All right, you've been a guest before. As you know, we had every Funny Uncle Clown podcast with trivia. Uh, Trivia. we got three trivia questions in here. 51 episodes. No one's ever gone three for three on trivia. Only a couple people have gotten two right. I think I'd be lucky to go one for three. Uh, Most people get one or none right. (laughs) What did you do with Stephen Wright? Do you remember? How many did you get right then? Did you get any right or no? I I think I had some electroshock therapy treatment to block it out. I don't remember. Let's see how we do here. You ready?
0: I guess I'm as ready as gonna be.
1: Emo Phillips says, "Oh, hang on, we got one more comment. You want to see one more comment before we start?" I love it. I'm ready. Bill Sawyer writes, "Sometimes I like to go down to the playground and watch all (laughs) the little kids running and screaming." Of course, they don't realize I'm only using blanks. Okay, sure. <laughs> Do you, you remember I, that joke? I love that joke. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the trivia. Number one. Emo Phillips has a self-proclaimed obsession with what? What is he obsessed with? Oh, coleslaw. Coleslaw, it is. We I got to one on that one. One for one. Well, that the other two might be easier. Could be so. gravy from here on in. On All right. right I'm going to start one of his jokes and see if you know the punchline. Ready? A computer once beat me at chess, but... It couldn't beat me at kickboxing. Kickboxing. You are two for two. You may be the first one who goes three for three. We'll see. All right. The third joke. Uh, Not everyone hates me. What's the punchline? Not everyone hates me. Okay, I guess I'm two for three. Two for three? <laughs> I don't know. Not everyone hates me, only the people who met me. <laughs> I thought that one was
0: How about good. the bicycle one? Did you see that one? What's the bicycle one? He said, as a little, I'm paraphrasing, he said, as a, as a boy I used to pray and pray that God would give me a bicycle. Then I realized one day the Lord, his infinite wisdom, yeah. doesn't work that way, so I just stole one and asked him to forgive me. And
1: I didn't know that was his joke, and I actually seen another comic do it locally. Oh, really? He <laughs> stole the joke, and Uh-oh. I didn't realize it was stolen until I read, hey, that's your most joke, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, this one ain't part of the trivia. I, li- I did, to do the trivia, I looked at a bunch of his jokes, and this was my favorite one. He said, he was at a restaurant once, and he dropped his fork, and the waiter bought him a new fork, so he pushed his girlfriend off the chair, <laughs> 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 up that. All right. That's my favorite Emo joke. Yes. All right, well, Scott, I want to thank you for being on Funny.com Podcast. Thank you, Scott. Great sir. interview. And Check out privilege. Emo Phillips. Check out Scott McNeil. uh, Especially on YouTube hit the like button. Well, you've been on fire lately. You've been what you've opened for Gilbert Gottfried Lenny Clark, Steve Sweeney. Yep. you're in Fuego. So maybe sometime you get the cult status like Emo Phillips. Well, I'm old enough that my goal of comedy is to be famous by the time I'm dead. That's right. and they can look back and have a nice article about how famous you are. (laughs) This is Funny That Clown Podcast. I'm your host Dennis Worth. Guest Scott McNeil talking about Emo Phillips. Keep laughing. Laughter is the best medicine, And uh, we'll see you next week with a new episode. And keep tuning in. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tune in. front of the crowd podcast. We're growing each week. The numbers are getting bigger. iHeartRadio. We're the best of the best. And who don't like to laugh? See you next time. Bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. <sighs> oh.